0: Welcome into episode number 89 of About the Cards podcast live tonight on YouTube. As always, with me, my host Stefan Loeffler at Junk Wax Twins and uh-huh. Wilson at our Trading Cards. And I'm Tim Shepler at Big Shep 79. We are a podcast by collectors and for collectors, hoping to so bring you a smart, insightful podcast discussing trading card collecting. We're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific,
1: 10 Central, 1 Korean.
0: On YouTube, Periscope, Facebook Live, and now live on Twitch and Breakers.tv. You always follow us, about twi- uh, follow us on Twitter about the cards. We just hit over 2,000 followers, so thank you all that follow us on Twitter. Uh, and we're available as a podcast like everywhere. And then check out the website about the aboutthecards.wordpress.com. Guys, what's up? We have a special guest tonight. We're going to get to Jackson in a second, but boom, we're coming out with a new intro. It sounds like wrestling music. I feel like taking somebody down. On a ladder or something, whatever they do in wrestling.
1: Hey, we don't need to hear what you do. What you do in your spare time?
0: Hey, I'm out there in the backyard wrestling world of uh, Sacramento. So well, uh, you,
2: why not do it Saturday, since you know
0: we got year. nothing else
2: to do. Yeah, we got nothing else to do anymore. So maybe That's we'll true. just have a royal rumble in our backyard.
0: Yeah. No, it's uh, it's crazy. I don't understand that. Like, yeah, we had our local card show that was uh, first Roger Craig backed out this morning, and then. This afternoon, or just actually uh, 15 minutes before the show went live, I got a text that the show's been canceled. Disappointment all around, but uh, special, we're going to make it up. But, uh, our special guest tonight, Jackson Cheshire, he's at Prism Hoops, if you don't know him. He hails from Des Moines, Iowa. He's a second-generation collector, and he's a self-proclaimed flip flipper who flips to fund his collection. Quite a bit of us do that. What's up, Jackson?
3: How are we doing tonight, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm really honored that you would make a brand new intro just for me. So yeah, right? I, I feel You come on. To we have to. Yeah,
0: We have to do it up big with the shiny stuff we're going to talk about. Um, just a little background. I mean, I think we've been following each other for a little while, but we really started talking this past summer about. I started bugging you uh, about Prism and and how to collect and, and kind of getting back into basketball as my Kings were supposed to start to be better and they're looking upwards, but the game just got canceled. I, I, I health
3: them this year. I really did, Jeff.
0: Yeah. And and so I was like, hey, I'm going to get back into this. And what do I need, you know, look for? And he gave me some great ideas. And so I I reached out to you a while ago. He said, why don't you come on the podcast? You're like, ah, I'm not sure if I want to. Came back after. <laughs> so hey, let's do it. Uh, I think it's gonna be. fun. I'm glad tonight. you did. I'm
3: glad you did.
0: Yeah, because basketball is exploding, and I don't oh, under, I don't think we all understand. it. Even people that collect basketball that are in in it all day long, I don't think they you like understand what the hell's going on. Right, It's it's popping off, but we're going to get to that. So tell us a little bit about your collecting history. How did you start? What's the background?
3: Um, I got started collecting when, I mean, honestly, as long as I can remember, I've collected. My old man sold cards at shows and flea markets and this and that when I was a little kid, kind of late 80s, early 90s, um, kind of in the peak of that era um and uh he was a big san francisco giants fan so i latched uh, on to will clark will, will the thrill was always my guy so I, I was a big will clark collector for um i mean still to this day i mean that's who i collect real hardcore uh re- recently here though um just kind of fell out of love with tops and kind of got more into the basketball product um especially with uh, prism and this and that and then um and i was just kind of collecting it for a little bit buying blasters here and there and uh i could never buy it at the lcs because i never understood why it was so expensive there and then i started looking on I'm like holy smokes this stuff is outrageous price-wise you know so um i just kind of started uh focusing more and more on that and uh as far as that goes, I'm a, a big Nikola Jokic collector. I'm a Denver Nuggets fan, and uh, he's kind of our main guy right now. and uh, His stuff's pretty hot. I like enjoy uh, collecting his stuff, so uh, he, he's the guy I go after. And then, um, you know, I got rookies I set aside here and there, but uh, typically I, I don't stash guys for the long haul. Um, Michael Porter Jr., who's a Nugget, he's really the only guy that I'm doing that for right now. Um, uh more or less just kind of putting together prism sets is like my other collecting goal besides Jokic. i'd say i'm about 75 percent of the way through with that i've got 15 16 up to today minus like maybe five cards and then uh 12 13 um i'm kind of hitting hard right now and just a few from 13 to 15 too so have you have, you have John, Jonas? Nope, nope. That's probably going to be the last one. Um, I was hoping maybe uh, he'd have a short exit in the playoffs this year and I could scoop one up relatively cheap in the summertime. But, boy, with the um, if those tuning in haven't heard the news by now, the NBA season has been suspended. So um, that just throws a whole nother wrinkle into – What's going to happen as far as the um, collecting goes?
1: With yeah. Presumably Hockey, shortly to follow.
0: Yeah, that 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 it's sad. And in the, the tournament, I mean, the March Madness. I mean, they're going to play out that fans this year, and we were supposed yeah. to be here in Sacramento. And very disappointing, not only for the fan base and the players, because some of these teams might only get in this year and get that experience once. Yeah. And I've been, and it's crazy. But the disappointment of the cities that are hosting these events losing out uh, on yeah. all that revenue, plus the employees, right? Because you're going to have people, yeah. staff, and working. The, the the working man's really getting hammered on this because what's going to happen is they're not going to be needed for the NBA games, NHL games, uh, for the college basketball games. And so what are they going to be doing? So it's a, it, it's crazy what's going on. But we're going to talk about happy, fun stuff here because that's what we're doing. We're talking about, we're talking about men on cardboard. Some are
1: shiny, some are not. Um, in a short addition to that, I did see that apparently Mark Cuban's putting a plan in place to pay the uh, workers, the on-site arena workers.
0: Oh well, awesome
1: because oh. so at least yeah. the Mavericks.
0: well yeah, and you know I think most of these owners aren't hurting for for dollars coming in. So um, you probably come at basketball. So where are you buying your products? Like I, I've seen like you've had cases before, boxes and singles. Uh, where 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 are you getting this product?
3: um i you know ebay typically you know uh there's always uh the stuff that you're searching for you know i want this guy's card of this year you know i usually start there because that's you know kind of your pick of the litter for the most part but um around here uh we got several uh kind of small card shows that you know i can usually hit about two to three a month between here and Omaha and a couple other small towns around here. Um, and uh, basketball isn't really the hot thing in Iowa. Um, it's, it's a lot more football and baseball. and um, So those guys still know that basketball is hot, and they're after Zion and Joss, so I, I do pretty well kind of picking up um, the leftovers that they have with uh, your middle-of-the-road guys um and then I, I love to go searching through the singles boxes that uh the lcs is too. you know um yesterday or two days ago i was just out there trying to put together some stuff for my uh, 12 13 prism set and you know come across three different years of uh, chris for uh silver or hollow optic cards you know and just stash those away for 50 cents a piece and hey if they make a run in the playoffs you know that'll do something for you yeah so. nice nice and i
0: mean is there when you find like an open product are, are you you know you're you seem like a collector you sit building sets and going after players are you holding on to any product of this stuff or are you just busting
3: it and uh yeah um i i'm holding on to some retail um i bought a case of uh Hobby when Prism dropped the day it came out, and um, I I sold it this morning, um, but haven't been paid yet. And then the season was suspended, so I'm kind of curious to see what happens with that. Um, So that was something that I um, I originally didn't intend to hold on to it all that long term, but people were so scared away of the original price per box because I wanted a couple boxes out of it myself. But then the price just kind of forced me to sell it as a case. And, um, uh, but as far as uh, you know, I like I try to set aside like five blasters of um, this year's prism and optic uh, just to kind of hold on to it.
2: You know, just out of
3: curiosity, I looked up a uh, um, Giannis's rookie year, uh, thirteen fourteen uh, blaster, and I think they were going for five hundred dollars. I don't know they were selling, but I mean just goes to show you what um, holding on to that stuff can really do. Uh, be, people love to rip this stuff and all that, but um, right now to me it seems like if, uh, if if you've got the patience to hold on to wax, uh, especially with basketball um, on that higher-end product, man, that, that's a, a good investment.
0: Why do, you, why do you believe basketball cards have just exploded? I feel like in the last 12 to 15 months it was all of a sudden it was like, just pedal to the metal, and every month we were kind of doing a little bit more than we were doing the month before. Now I feel like we're doubling it weekly.
3: Yeah, um, I I agree completely. Um, I think that uh, a lot of that has to do with the NBA being very good at, like, uh, um, promoting their game internationally. And I don't think it was a mistake that they went after a company like Panini to do the licensing, considering that they're a, I think Italian-owned company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was probably a strategic move on their behalf to, you know, try to expand themselves globally. And then with the international players that are coming into it too, you know, I think that we're really getting just uh, um, a lot more people. Um, from different countries who are in, involved in, I mean, I'm always selling stuff on that eBay international sellers program. That's going uh, usually just send them to an airport, but I mean, they go to all over the world. So uh, it, it's not just uh, people here in the States driving the popularity of it. I, I think it's the worldwide craze and baseball isn't popular worldwide. Football isn't popular worldwide, but basketball is.
0: Definitely. Do, do you think with, like Zion base raw base cars hitting over $200 just last week. Giannis is like 2000 and Tatum raws are up to 50 plus now. I mean, is it time to cash? If you're sitting on, say you have a couple of each, is it smart now to, to say, Hey, listen, let me sell half of what I have and then come back when the bubble goes back down and rebuy a couple of them and, and make a few bucks
3: well i'm not here to give anybody strategy or advice or anything like that as far as what they're going to do with their collection because i just think you got to play uh you know with your gut but me personally I, i've been thinking exactly what you're saying you know with the way these prices keep going up and up can they continue to go up and up and so lately i've been kind of selling off the base um because that stuff's so hot um but like I was really lucky this year and pulled a silver Zion from Prism and a hollow from Optic. So I think I'm going to hold on to those for the long haul. Um, Cause I've been doing really well on um, their base cards and stuff like that. Um, but right now the way that those base cards are, gosh, I just, uh, I, I think it's time to move those. Uh. But then again, you know, I sold a bunch of Lucas for $40 and thought I was doing great. So, you know,
0: um, that's see that's what's crazy too is like you know like if you look like you look back and uh you know 1213 had a uh, had a double rookie class right yeah. and then yeah. 13 14 was awful everybody hated that class because it was Anthony Bennett Oladipo, and some other guys and Giannis came later and then it you know 15, 14 15 15 16 all came out yeah you know 1718 got kind of popular because the class, but every year they've made more and more and more and there's been more retail and more parallels and and we right now you know that there's more 1920 than they made of set in 1819 but the prices are crazy and and to me it's like something's got to happen at some point where everybody's got to realize that because I don't I, I don't think the I don't think the 200 price dollar price point on Zion can hold that when there's there's so much of that product out there if you, if you really look and look at all the parallels they've put out I mean, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts?
3: I, I agree completely with that. And I think that this year is kind of a perfect storm of where, like, Luca and Trey really hyped up um, the game last year. And then this year with Zion, he had so much hype. It was still in college, you know. And then um, just – he just became, like, this huge hype train that – just couldn't be stopped and I, I don't see anybody doing that next year but at the same time I just can't see things going back to normal either so I think you will see prices come down a little bit but i, I wouldn't imagine that they would go back to you know three years ago
0: well yeah and, but you gotta look I mean right now if you don't pull john Zion you're like oh <laughs> like a lot of people are going oh this is trash I got i got buy busted There could be some of these other guys in here, Hunter, Culver. I mean, there could be a handful of guys that pop later that aren't getting the run right now. So it's one of those things I would sit on them. But let's do this. So we have Prism, Optic, Select, Basketball, and Hoops. If you were going to rank them in your favorite order, what what would they be? Because there's been a lot of talk lately. Optic might be coming up on Prism, and then Select was, like, ridiculously overpriced, I believe, this last week. So
3: I'm not – Crazy on collect. I've never collected it to be honest with you. Um, I think hoops is a nice product for your beginners to get into, your kids to get into, stuff like that. Um, as far as prism and optic, I mean, I mean, look at my tag. It's prism hoops and this and that. You know, I uh, I obviously lean towards prism, but this year I like optic. Um, from a visual standpoint, much better. I I wasn't crazy about the look of Prism this year. And uh, I think Optic just, uh, I think those are some really clean looking cards. And I I was happy to see um, Optic as a whole make the jump that it did um, prior to this basketball season because um, last season and throughout the summer, I mean, I sold a, a, a Trey Hollow rookie last summer for $10. And, and, I mean, that wasn't a bad price at the time, no. you know, I didn't feel bad about getting that price, but people just weren't into optic until, like, I think people got really hungry for it because there was so much anticipation for prism coming out that I think they just had to gravitate towards something else.
0: Yeah, it kind of forced them. Hey, I can't afford I can't afford prism, but I can afford optic, which I think brings up that. Yeah. so. You know, we have these collegiate products come out, like collegiate prison basketball dropped. And is it worth, in your mind, is it worth collecting it all if you're not a fan? Like, if you're not a Duke fan, you're not a Ku fan, mm-hmm. uh, you're not a fan of the Longhorns in down Texas. Is it worth collecting that product, or do you think that it, it has any collectability after
3: after launch? Um, I i think it's worth collecting for a real quick flip um and i think it's worth collecting if you're a duke fan au fan something like that but i i wouldn't hold on to it as a long-term investment at all it works good on a quick flip because i mean i saw zion silvers were going for two three hundred bucks when it first dropped but i mean you can get them for probably 50 bucks now
0: yeah Mm -hmm. well so so um give us some advice. If somebody wanted to hop in the craziness with basketball right now, with products like prism or optic or even hoops, what would your advice be to someone that's looking to jump in right now? Like when it's, you know, at March badness.
3: My, the, the thing that I would suggest to anybody is do your homework first, because there's kind of like a lot of anomalies in the card collecting world, basketball specifically, like silvers hold so much value over a uh, like some higher numbered cards, um, I wanted to talk about this as an example. My guy here, Nikola Jokic, is a silver prism rookie card. Books for like 300. Um, I know that in 2015-16, the print run for silver seems to be less, but I I think it has to be at least a thousand. Minimum um, just from what I see and I wouldn't be surprised if it's more this is his blue a team color parallel uh, to 199 and that books for like 150 and When I bought this I got it for a hundred dollars and I was going after a silver uh, But I was like, oh geez I can get this for a hundred dollars. It's numbered to 200. It's got to be a better card Right, but it's not it's not always the case. Yeah, yeah,
0: that, that's what I'm building. Uh, you know, I think we've talked about this. I was I was building a rainbow from last year of uh Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Kings and then this year, Buddy Healed, and then I got nuts and I go, well, hell, I'm gonna go back and every year I'm gonna put pick a certain Kings player to do so, and I think the first year there's like four pair, there's like four cards, there's the base, and then there's like three parallel, and now in eighteen or nineteen twenty, I mean, it's like forty something odd parallels. And so I'm like, how much more of the base did they actually make to fill all these boxes to get all of these different parallels out? Because, you know, 300 base cards at X number of parallels,
2: and it's uh, it's crazy to me. Well, so that, That's assuming all the parallels are even packed out, which we know that's not going to be the case. You know, it's just, it, it, it won't.
0: No, yeah, I know not all the, you know, 299 are going to be out there, but... You got to just, you know, do the math. If you round down even 100 off of them, it's still quite a few. Um, real quick, before we end this, who are some uh, under-the-radar players to watch? Some guys that, uh, I know we have the season suspended right now, but, you know, maybe this, at the end of the season or the offseason to look for, there might be, like, a player where it's like, hey, man, this guy's about to break out. If, if you're looking to do, like, buy him at 5, sell him at 10 to build up and go buy your PC guy, what, what's a what, who's a player or two to look for?
3: You know, uh, I, I'm liking the way that the um, Pelicans are looking. Um, not just with Zion, they they got a couple other um, good young guys on that team. Lonzo Ball stuff right now is relatively inexpensive, um, considering what he his potential is in some people's minds. Um, and then they got two other rookies on that team from this year: Jackson Hayes and then Keel Walker Alexander. And uh, both those guys are um, talented players that I think uh, could really do something. Another guy I like is uh, Seku Demboya from the Pistons. His stuff was really, really hot earlier in the season, and Pistons just kind of been a mess, and he kind of fell out of favor. I think I saw he even got bounced down to the G League, but his stuff's gone way down again. You can have it. His silver's for about 20, so I think that's a good buy there too. And one thing I would suggest to these people who are – Ripping a bunch of prism, looking for Zion and Ja. When you see these no-name silver rookies, just put them away and save them for a rainy day. You know, what's two or three bucks today, you know, compared to potential $2,000 down the road in like a Giannis type of example. So, um, you know, so many guys are just looking to make back pennies on the dollar for what they've ripped, you know, to just kind of, you know, Make up for yeah no I mean of, I, I saw, box
0: I, but I bought I bought quite a bit of uh retail in November uh, I think the last time I actually saw Prism at retail was Black Friday Um and so since then like I went through and I, I was like hey I'm gonna sell all the 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 base uh, the silvers and the parallels I find except for rookies and any rookie card I have too I'm just gonna stash it away in a box for both the both the years because you just never know uh who's gonna pop so. Uh, we always ask everybody this, our, our question we ask everyone uh, before we end the interview. If you'd only own one card that you currently own, what card would it be and why? Uh, one card that I currently own Yeah, or, or that I don't or own.
3: Either way, whatever way you'd like to answer. Well, well I was kind one of prepared card. for this question. Yes, it's other people. So if, if there's one card that I could have that I don't have, I, it would be the Jordan rookie, you know, a PSA 10, Christine. You know, I, I would even take, you know, two or three. Of uh, I, I, I just love to have that card to me. That's the iconic basketball card. And then my other one would be what card I'd like to pull. And that would be a card that I already own, but that's the Will Clark Donruss Elite signature series nice uh nice. and uh I, I to this day have about six boxes of donruss in the closet and i regularly rip it just hoping to rip that myself one time because that was a big goal of mine as a kid
0: but. oh that's awesome very very nice i love that. that that those are good answers and very acceptable well hey jackson we appreciate it um everybody make sure you're following that prism hoops let him know you saw him here on about the cards podcast. Uh, you know, really great basketball knowledge. I mean, we talked tonight about collecting basketball and really what's going on. And um, I can tell, like, we made some trades back and forth to help each other out. And uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate coming and hanging out with us tonight. And uh, we'll have you on again soon.
3: I appreciate you having me on. I got a dog to go strangle. Now I apologize for the noise in the background. Thanks, guys. I really than, appreciate it.
0: No, yeah, it's better than Steph screaming in the the microphone for his wife to come and uh, do something. Hey, Angela! Hey, or, Angela! You know, sneezing in the mic or whatever. So, hey, again, Jackson, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon, bud. So, um, guys, I know I kind of dominated that, but um, uh, I, I love talking basketball cards, and he's been – there she is. What's yeah. up, Angela? He's been such a great resource for me uh, and a lot of other folks in the hobby about collecting uh basketball and, and being there. So that'd be really great follow and um, doing it. So let's hop into the week that was last week's releases. Top's living week 104. We had Alan uh, Cartoon 91, Alan Trammell, Hall of Famer shortstop of the Tigers, sold a few shy of 2,500. Cartoon ninety-two, Kirby Yates, pitcher of the San Diego Padres, sold 1967 um kind of what we expected right
2: yeah yeah it, n- nothing too too terrible i mean yeah you know again still the off season and now it's going to be interesting to see as we touched on the nba season being suspended we don't know for how long does major league baseball get delayed this on demand stuff might be affected because yeah you know it's the, probably going to be the first thing to go i would imagine off of a lot of people's uh, buys, but you know, who who knows?
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking if they keep having one week, you know, weeks like this, like, I I know they're still making money, but it's like, come on, let's, let's, let's put out somebody that somebody actually like really collects. I mean, even I know I collect Brett, he had a crappy number. Like we got to put somebody out into this, you know, uh, that people are trying to go after him, and Yordan had a semi-decent number, but it's like, let's put two guys out in the same week, not a Hall of Famer and some average at best pitcher for the Padres, right? So anyway, we also had 2020 Panini Donruss baseball, 1920 uh, Panini select basketball, and uh, 19 uh, Panini encased football. Uh, so those were the big releases last week. Hot off the presses this week's new releases: Tops Living Week One Hundred Five, Card Two Ninety Three, Didi Gregorius, shortstop of the Philadelphia Phillies, and Card Two Ninety Four, Adrian Morjon, rookie pitcher of the San Diego Padres. whoop de doo
1: I'm muted still. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, That's okay, Adrian Morjon.
0: Morjon, right? Something to that effect. Morjon, yeah. I, I don't know. Another week of like, really? I know it's Didi's Dee first card, probably as a Philly. I'm pretty sure it is. But in a back-to-back Padres, yeah, back-to-back Padre pitchers. Like, if you're going to do two Padres, why wasn't Hosmer one of them?
2: Now, yeah, I mean, Will Myers. I mean, somebody that's got any name recognition whatsoever. Um, but you, you just mentioned it in your last breath. You have. You know, no names, relatively speaking, right? You're going to follow it up with more guys. I mean, Gregorius has had a, a decent career this far, but not not enough to impact driving sales. When we've seen guys like Raleigh Fingers and George Brett and, and Alan Trammell that have had moderate numbers, these guys were, were very collectible in their heyday. You know, maybe not Fingers as much, but, you know, Brett was a superstar. Trammell was maybe a... A one-off, um, you know, it's just—it's not that exciting. Back-to-back weeks, come on. Yeah.
1: Well, no, I just, and, uh, so you, you naturally got to address with the fact that that's an A's card or not?
2: No,
0: um, I'm not even going to acknowledge that. So these are the guys. Listen to the. This is the list of the Padres. I mean, the Padres are up to ten cards. Chase Headley, Christian Velanueva, Austin Hedges, Francisco Meha Will Myers. Uh, Luis Urias, uh, Tatis Jr., Gwen, Chris Paddock, and Kirby Yates. I mean, you got Gwen and Tatis Jr. I guess maybe Will Myers, but after that, like, I don't know, man.
1: They've had some. This some... was supposed to be someone, and so was uh, Francisco Mejia.
0: Yeah, I'm. Just, I know. I but what I'm saying is, is that those guys were, those guys are rookies, and that's fine. But like right. Chase Headley. I mean hedges, you, you went back to back catchers with the Padres. I, I, in these pitchers, it just I don't know, to me it's just I don't I don't understand what where the list of players they're coming, like what they're picking from if they're just going off someone's fantasy baseball team at this <laughs> point. So and being I, I, mean, I know I don't care about Hosmer either, but would you rather have a Hosmer or a Kirby Yates come out? Maybe. I mean, I'd much rather see a Hosmer come out. Oh, I'd much rather see a San Diego chicken come out or, I don't no. know, a Randy Jones who actually like won a Cy Young or maybe a Dave Winfield. God forbid, right? Anyway, I mean, we've spent a lot of time on this. We're going to move on. But check out Topps Living Staff for full breakdown of where these cards fall respectively and set by team and position. And then we're going to hop into 2020 Topps opening day. Baseball drops today, $27 a box for now, 36 packs per box, seven cards per pack, 36 inserts, so a pack and an insert, a pack. It's a 200-card base set, maybe. It's a condensed version of Series 1 with some previews from Series 2. Obviously, we're going to talk about that. Debuting the insert walk this way, celebrating walk-off home runs, which is pretty neat. Mascot inserts are back, plus mascot patch looks at a 99 with autographs. Uh, or and also autographs of mascots, dugout peaks, are short print inserts that come. Uh, they're, they're among the toughest pulls in the product. 2020 tops MLB sticker collection has some preview inserts. We also heard another product has some preview stickers, and then opening day relic use some swatches from Di- uh, while diamond relics have dirt taken from the player's actual home stadium. There's also autographed diamond relics and Lurie- uh, Luis Louise Robert Robert. From Brenton Becca, looks like Louise Robert makes his rookie card debut in 2020 Tops opening day as a late edition as SP card number 201, that fall every uh, fall two per hobby case, or one in every 10 boxes, or one in every 360 yeah, packs. Sure. But uh, how does – I want to know, so I real quick. How does he have a rookie card without debuting? Well,
1: it's not
0: hockey. Well, but all, but top said that they have to debut at a certain time to get a rookie card and somebody and I put this on Twitter and somebody goes well how did Shohei have it la- that year he came out in 17 I was like yeah how the hell that happened because we asked him at the Q a and they said hey they have to debut by such a certain time but I guess they're just assuming he's gonna he's gonna be up you know I mean
2: well he signed he signed that massive extension so yes the assumption is he's made the opening day roster by default. And yeah, you know, take again we take that for what it's worth. Um it, it, it is interesting that, you know, the the way the card stock is first off being different, second off affecting the overall condition is definitely interested. But um I think it was Ryan Cracknell, I believe, that tweeted out earlier, uh the first one sold for ten bucks.
0: No, it was um it was a listed starting price at nine ninety nine or Buy it now for fifty.
2: Is that what it was? Somebody it,
0: somebody was able to pull the, the closed sale and was sold for fifty dollars.
2: Did it? Okay. Well, seeing that's the thing is is that gonna be the going rate? Um, you know, Brent Brent Williams had also tweeted out, uh, I myself saw a Mad Olson walk this way, uh, super short print insert. There was a whole list of all the super short print inserts. And it was a buy it now for two bucks, three bucks each. Mm-hmm. And Brent cautioned, he goes, be careful because a lot of these inserts you're buying in pre-sale are not going to get filled. Uh, sure enough, I I got the list from him of what was included in the master team set. That wasn't I went back to look and that entire listing had been pulled.
0: Yeah. So um well,
2: and there, Brent, uh, said that, he, Brent
0: said that the Brent said there's a lot of printing. You like you said, Ben, there was um uh, it was a different card stock. There were some cutting issues where it was it had like rough edges on, yeah. on some of these cards. Why try to shove them in this? And now these boxes that were $27 that no one really truly were, were hunting down or cared about, they'd pick it up or open it if they saw it. Now, dude, what do you think that's gonna do? These boxes are gonna go for 50, 60 bucks for somebody to pull this try to go after this
2: one card. So I, I was talking to Brent in private yesterday because this is sold as what? A kid's product? This yeah, is a low product. A dollar? Dollar ninety nine. And I had said, you know, he showed me what was going to be included in the master set. I said, hey, would you mind giving me a a second uh, mascot card? Because I need one for my team set. But Bentley had a really cool interaction with Stomper at FanFest and made a couple of local newspapers as a result. And, you know, he collects the mascot cards. And Brent's like, I don't know if I'll have an extra for you because because they're tougher to pull. And based on how many cases Brent – open. I mean, he's got a finite amount, um, but but that's the thing is it shouldn't be, you know, if this is marketed towards kids, these celebration cards, these mascot cards, anything that's going to attract a, a younger collector to opening these packs. But these super short prints are selling for sixty bucks. The first the first Matt uh, Jesus Lazardo popped fifty bucks. You know, the first Dugout Peaks, 70 bucks. I saw a Matt Chapman. It's like, you know, there, there's not a guaranteed hit in a box. I mean, I mean this is not a, a kid's product whatsoever. So anybody who argues otherwise can stuff that because it really is not.
1: Well, yeah, I, think uh, I just – Like one in four retail boxes.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm real quick. I'm, I just look at my distributor,
0: mm-hmm. and last year they had opening day through, I would say, almost the summertime. I look right now, it's sold out. It wasn't sold out two days ago when I last looked at uh, what was in stock there. Um, it's crazy. Like, I I want to know if uh, you guys can can do this on the fly. Pull up and see like uh, on eBay if uh, what a box might be going for. Or even blowout, I'd be interested to see if it's if it's gone up over like the twenty seven. Because I pulled these prices, I always pull these prices like Monday or Tuesday when I'm finishing up the show notes. So. Mm-hmm. They're they're pretty accurate when we go live, right? I mean, maybe it fluctuates a buck here or two, but I'd love to see what um, what they're what they're running for now. But you know, it, to me, it's nuts. And, and like Ben said, you know, I it's it's really stru- screwing. It's not screwing. Sta- I can't even talk tonight. It's really staring away from from chill, from kids, which this is meant to help. This and big leader are meant to help them kind of. Go and be able to afford to buy a pack or two. Not that they want to collect it, but it, it, that's kind of what it's built for. It's kind of like a so, demo set. Yeah. What What do you guys think though? That the Robert. I mean, the Robert's going for like I think about a hundred bucks right now on eBay. But what do you think? It true. The true. Like if you looked at it, what's a a reasonable price for for that
1: card? So, once everything dies down, and the reason I say this is. Um, you, you know, the, the first week everything's out. It's, it's going to be super expensive, and it's ridiculous. But I have opening day cards of Joey Votto and Clayton Kershaw from the rookie years. And I might be able to sell them for 10 bucks. That's uh, from the Ask Crack team. They said that uh, that's not Didi uh first
2: Philly card. There's a oh, throwback okay. tweet. Throwback Thursday, uh, rather. Yeah. Heard. Well, yeah, you can get technical about that because tops nows and all these on demand stickers used to be the first one that when it went stickers was we was a much earlier.
1: Speaking of stickers,
2: you know, it, it, speaking of, of craziness. What do we got on that? Sold out. <laughs> See, and I was looking forward to the card show this week because I know our LCS drops them for like 20 bucks. And it's a fun rip with with Bentley. It really is. Oh, yeah. And, you know, are you going to get a hit? No, probably not. You know, the odds are, you, some people are, obviously, if it's one in four boxes. Are you going to get a super short print? Probably not. Are you going to get a complete set? No, you won't. Not out of one box.
0: I, I opened a couple boxes last year, and I, I pulled a Jeff McNeil rookie autograph, and it paid for both the boxes. Because, I mean, that's how, I mean, his autographs weren't all that expensive, but that's how short they were to, to be able to, to do that. I just, you know, yeah. And like the LCS has to kind of buy that from, from tops and from the distributor to get other stuff that they want. And that's why
2: he always blows it out. But you sure I doubt he's there. He's doing that. Yeah. It's just, you know, we, we've gotten in discussions. I know I have personally, I'm sure you guys both have as well. Uh, when the topic of young collectors, kids in the hobby, um, you know they're all geared towards wanting the hits and the silver prisms of of Luca as well. It's just what it is. Uh, they, they they don't want this lower end stuff. Uh, a lot of team and set collectors do, but the bottom line is so much of the stuff in opening day is some of the hardest stuff to come by because first off, not as much of it is being opened, and when this stuff does hit, um, it, it's just it's super hard to come by. It, it's yeah. You know, I passed on a, a Chris Davis Dugout Peaks last year for 35 bucks because I refused to pay that much for an insert, not a short print, an insert. And, and it was – print run, I think was like whatever, 20 or something, 25 and I And it, it inevitably sold, and it took like two months before another one finally popped that I was able to acquire at a much cheaper price. I think it cost me like $20, bucks, uh, which is still outrageous for an insert. Yeah. It's like this stuff should not be short printed. This stuff should not have not everything has to be chrome. Not everything has to have parallels. Not everything needs to be short printed. Opening well, day is one of those.
0: If you want to own box, David Adams has them still for twenty nine twenty seven ninety-five a box and you can get ten of them.
2: And
1: that's probably about fair what it has gone comparable to previous years. That should be what they sell for.
0: Yeah, under because thirty dollars.
1: A basic product set out it all—all all it really has outside of the harder to find parallels because nobody breaks it, and the harder to find the inserts is just a basic base set. And usually they have less—less uh, less decent cardstock.
0: Yeah, you know, it's usually almost—it's almost like uh, leaf cardstock. Wait, hold on—that's see through. I'm sorry, <laughs> my my uh my penny sleeve has better cardstock than uh, right. Um. Anyway, let's move on. Twenty Twenty Panini USA Stars and Stripes baseball drops today. Seventy-five dollars a box, five packs per box, eight cards per pack, five autos, indoor mem. So you're gonna get a hit in every pack, five parallels. So it's kind of like Little League. Everybody gets a hit. Uh, hundred base cards in uh, the set. set the-
1: still playing Little League?
0: Yes. Uh, they, they, they might be the base checklist includes current uh, national team members as well as alumni from USA Baseball sure. for autographs for many players, uh, many eligible players for the 2020 draft. Uh, this is one of the first products to include their autos, and uh, there's also a Chinese Taipei signature set and Japanese collegiate all star signature set, so that's real cool. Yeah, you have uh, a you have
1: 15, U, 16, U, 17, 18 college as well as the like him just said to call it chinese and japanese collegiate all-stars
0: so 14 and under national team these kids are 13 12 13 years old born i graduated
1: high school fuck them old
0: yes uh just craziness steph you probably have opened a little bit of this in the past based on the box you sent me recently
1: <laughs> i I have I won a bit nuts in 2015 and then 2017 I was gifted a box or two here and there um because the guy didn't gifted by price uh, I should say uh, just because the guy couldn't sell it off his shelves um it, it's nice you, you get some really early autos if a player becomes something I mean the USA speaking strictly just on that team, because that's what's been in years past, has had some decent players. But this is kind of like a elite extra edition type product where you open it and the guy is 14 and you have to stash it and hope that A, he doesn't get injured, B, he gets drafted. And C, um, that uh, he still wants to play by the time he gets 18.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. 21
1: after college. 22. Well, that,
0: that's like an Elite X Like, I don't know. It must have been 12. I had a Kevin Biggio auto. Yep. And he just sat in a box until uh, he debuted last year.
2: Yeah, th- this is a good product for people that are looking to speculate because there are a lot of 15, 16, 17-year-olds um, that are included. So, it's uh, you know, as Jackson had said about some of the silver stuff, these are rainy day cards yeah it will be interesting to see if a product like this kind of flies under the radar over the next month or two assuming that the hobby is impacted from a fiscal aspect if this coronavirus does continue and and people kind of pull back some of their their buying this could be an under the radar set that that you might be able to scoop up for a lot less. Over the next couple of months, for those out there that like to speculate, um, you know, it's already to me a, a, a good speculator-based product. But at the same time, it is collegiate, so the, you know the the valuation compared to rookie cards is is considerably less.
0: Well, so, the reason I think it does probably a little bit better is due to the fact that guys are all wearing U.S. Team USA uniforms, right? So it, it, it harkens goes, back it to that 84. 80- the 85, uh, 85
2: top that. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it, it's definitely, you know, I, I, I noticed, I believe there's only one Oakland, a, uh, Logan Allen on there. Um, you know, how much of it am I going to pursue? Probably none personally, because it's not an Oakland A's card, but at the same time, um, I found myself buying a Matt Chapman, uh, one out of Donruss this year. So, sure. you know, but he, again, he's an established player. So I have a, a little bit of a different connection with him. Um, uh, but, you know, Tim and I were at the card show a year or two ago when we uh, found a Matt Olson Under Armour auto. That was, yeah, that was like early last year. Yeah. yeah it, you know, there's nothing wrong with a product like this. Some of it's fun, if you're, especially if you're a player collector. There's some good stuff in this. Um, but, it, you know, if you can find it at the right price and if it does end up getting negatively impacted in sales and you end up seeing it on one of the Black Friday sales for super cheap, it's probably not the worst product uh
0: One of the guys I know I'm going to collect is on the 15-and-under team, Spencer Butt. (laughs) Spencer Butt. Uh, Also, 2019-2020 Panini Impeccable basketball drop today. $1,240 a box, one pack per box, nine cards per pack, five autos, and one silver, gold, or stainless stars insert. It's a 180-card base set. Uh, This set focuses primarily uh, on on on-card autographs. According to Ryan Cracknell. The Elegance rookie jersey autographs are the cornerstone of the product with on-card autographs with a swatch that is limited to a prime jersey piece and or patch. Um, impeccable victories and in autographs uh, inserts that highlight big wins from specific games. And then debuting this year, canvas creation autographs and extravagance autographs as well. Um, you know, obviously it's crazy priced because of, you know, Zion and, and Jaw. But the stainless, the stainless and gold and silver cards, um, these metal cards are super popular as well. They kind of have a color burst behind them, like smoke and paint, uh, which is pretty awesome. Kind of looks like our intro. I just noticed that at the beginning of our intro right there. So uh, it gives it a good look. I mean, it's just it's the price is incredible for nine cards, thirteen hundred bucks, and that's if you can find and get your hands on it. Uh, it's a good looking product. It's a higher end product. So I don't know. It is basketball collected, Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't, I don't know. I just don't know what these, I don't even know anymore. don't. we, I don't know what's going on in the world. I don't know what's going on with basketball collecting.
2: You know, I I
0: don't even know. I had my all Saturday planned out and now I'm just like, I'm going
2: to work in the yard. Check this out. Me too, because we were talking about disappointed now. We're talking about laying some concrete in the backyard over a small patch up against the house. And I told Heather, you get it started and I'll come in Sunday morning and kind of help. And and now that we don't have a card show to go to,
1: yeah,
0: no, sure. I was, I was laying some, you know, yeah. By the way, <laughs> I was gonna say about laying some pipe anyway. But did you see Richard Marks on Twitter today? Oh beautiful. What a legend. Yeah. Some I, guy I, clowns him like, Hey, what music did you make? And he's like, The the music your girl used to do before she met you.
2: It's like, I I'd say I this much, man. I had responded to that saying that, that Richard killed that guy with one tweet. And yeah. it got it got like 400 likes, man. My, my Twitter was blown up all day. <laughs> that was awesome. I was like, I love you, Richard Marks. Like, I couldn't
0: tell you a song you sung, but I know you were popular in the 80s, and I probably have heard your music. But you just you went OJ on that guy. You, went, you were Aaron Hernandez, that dude, on the internet.
2: He, he had a great bit because he wrote a couple of the NSYNC songs in the 90s. And... He was doing a concert uh, and he had J.C. C Chazé with him. And he's telling a story about how the back sh- or the InSync used to have to be snuck into the studio. And this girl grabs him as he's going in and she goes, you're Richard Marks, aren't you? And he goes, yeah. She goes, oh my God, my mom loves you. And he's like, thanks. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny.
1: Speaking of the 90s and uh, pop culture, where did my window, this one. Trying to stay away from COVID-19.
0: got to love the juice. <laughs> you got to love the juice.
1: <laughs> That's horrible.
2: In yeah. tweets that shouldn't have been sent. Right. Nobody's ever said that guy is uh, a smart one. Yeah. Right. Also
0: this week, 2019 Panini Contenders Optic Football. $140 a box, one pack per car, One pack per box, six cards per pack, two autographs, one will be on cards, one insert, one parallel, two base. It's a 198-card base set with no card 101. I don't know why. Uh, there are quite a few RPS cards without parallels or base cards. So I don't know. Like, guys, certain guys have cards. Like, I look at the checklist. Like, some guys have some. Some guys don't have others. It, it's really strange. Um, it's a chromed-out version of Contender's. Rookie in uh, autographs are the chase in the release. Look for die-cut Supernova cards. I mean, this is just a rehash. I mean, it's optic. I mean, they just took contenders and they op- put it in the optic juice. And there so, it is. It's football.
1: Uh, your complaint. What's right. up? If you guys will indulge me for uh, uh, contenders in general. <clears throat> Some of the cards look nice, but if you're going to do a variation, denote it on the back. Because from what I can tell for this year's Contenders, football or basketball or whatever, the variations are like, this is a different color. Just that border.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, And Contenders, to me, has always been rather plain. So I don't mind a Chromium Optic version. But much like Donruss and Donruss Optic, why not just have it in the same collection? You know, same set. Especially, it's just... I, I hate these separate releases, but that's just me personally.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's it's goofy. Um, we're going to move on because it's basketball. And like I said, basketball's... You mean football. Football. I'm sorry. Yeah, football. Sorry. We've got basketball in the brain. Football's... Yeah. So, 2019-2020 uh, Upper Deck AH, AHL Hockey dropped today. $48 a box, 12 packs per box, 10 cards per pack. Um. Sure you, have, there. you have you uh, have two autos per box and ten AHL impact inserts. Ninety card base set. Prospects to look for: Drake Batherson, Igor
1: Shishkertin,
0: and Moritz Sider. Yeah, uh, Upper Deck's been producing these cards since fourteen fifteen. So it's a junior league version of hockey, I and mean, we talked about this last year.
1: Yeah, it's it's like a triple A for hockey, except they really only have one outside of college once they're signed. Um, The impact cards kind of look nice in that they got a little blur effect going on. Um, And, and, you know, being the minor league product for hockey, so to speak, it's kind of nice to see like Bakersfield Condors or Grand Rapids Griffins. Not not everything's a Detroit or a Montreal or, you know, a far off league.
0: Yeah, oh, so it's cool. Kind
1: of so nice check stretch. that out.
0: And also check out Ryan Cracknell's articles on Beckett.com slash news for more details on these new releases. The uh What's brewing next week's release is 2020 Topps Inception Baseball, 2019-2020 Upper Deck SPX Hockey, and 2020
2: Topps XFL Football.
0: woo it was funny because someone said that Seattle and Chicago in the XFL are playing, or D- Seattle and Dallas were playing in no, front of no fans in Seattle, and somebody said, "Well, what's what's different?" Uh, you know. what? So uh, we'll hop in the infield chatter, or a hobby talk section of the show. Um, hobby hotline promo this week live this Saturday on YouTube Periscope at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. Dan Anderson from Mojo Break will make his debut. Val Mars from NASCAR Radio and Drew Herndon from Let Me Get the Podograph will be on there. Very exciting. So Hobby Hotline will not – I think this is one of the first shows that none of us are
2: on. Yeah. No. We, we, well, and that's the thing, Tim. You and I weren't on specifically because we had a card show to go to, so we were unavailable. And now I, I would give anything to be able to be on because I don't want to do yard work. Yeah. So yes. –
0: so anyway, check it out. Uh, we, I might pop in. Hell, I might. I'm gonna be up. Hey. I might pop in and say what's up. Might There's have a, a caller.
2: Call might, so. might 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 want to see Dan's opinion on how how this new NBA being suspended temporarily uh, might affect you know the box breaking industry. Yes. So anybody's mm-hmm. out there, they would like to call into the hobby hotline. That might be a good question for yeah, Dan. And,
0: and Dan is awesome. Like. If you've not listened to Dan talk, he always, no matter what, if he believes if he believes in one thing or the other, he might just take the other side just for fun, just to be devil's advocate on stuff, and it's great. So, oh, all right,
2: you want to cut Steph's mic off? Yeah, yeah, there we go, Steph. Um, uh, And Dan's usually earthquake. Dan's pretty level-headed until that whole shtick happened with the whole Mojo break. You know, that guy call himself Mojo, whatever. And yeah, Dan Dan got fired up, and I was like, Whoa, doggy!
0: Yeah, no, he, okay. got, he got a little humped. And someone called him a, a a blowhard, so yeah, I don't know. He was wearing a shirt a couple weeks ago that said, You know, blowhard, and then they were talking about, anyway, it's funny. Um, Phil Hughes, PSA fraudster, no. Like Yankees legend Phil Hughes, uh, tweeted out. Uh, if I can pull it up here, um, I think it, it was right after the show last week. It was uh, a couple cards he'd sent into PSA, and one one was a, a Topps Crow mini of Luis Luis Steph's boy, um, of the Twins rookie card that he sent in to get graded, and it came back with this funkiness on it, and it's it listed, it's a PSA sticker, and it says on it, it says mini size RQ and it Men's comes
1: back as required.
0: Yes. And it basically came back as failing because it didn't didn't work in their their scan. He it's in a follow-up tweet good news, PSA has implemented a system or machine to determine if a card is too small or has been altered. Bad news, the cards are perfectly fine but they're getting flagged. Uh, he also had like a 10 dollar hockey card that he sent in and they said it was altered and he's like it's got a dinged corner if i was going to alter the card <laughs> wouldn't i've altered the dinged corner
1: well and that's what you know the tag here says for this tops uh, chrome update not mini. is that um you know their their system or computer or whatever scanned it detected it and said hey this isn't quite 100 percent accurate return it kick it back it's been altered well that, that's what you get when you have a computer doing everything. you're gonna have errors and mistakes unfortunately,
0: yeah, but don't don't you think the person that packed it up should just maybe like looked and seen it or they know they need to, i I don't know it's asking somebody to be smarter at the job than they are um anyway, I just thought I'd bring it up uh, if you're not watching Phil's polls, yes, break video. they're fun. He's entertaining, and uh, he, I love to see what he opens. He's always opening some crazy high end stuff, and he's just like got box. You know, just it's neat. It's it's a fun pull or a fun watch. So you're bored. So Michael Daly, AKA is Tim Lincecum. I didn't know if you guys knew this. Uh, a, a Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania man was busted last week for an online scam that netted a large collection of signed sports memorabilia. The Pennsylvania State Police and Ferns Ridge, uh, State Police Ferns Ridge Barracks. Uh, were recently contacted by Carroll County Sheriff's on Wins, uh, office in Westminster, Maryland, to, in regards to an alleged phone scam that counted at least one National Football League player as a victim. The unidentified, unidentified player stated that he was contacted by, uh, by a verified Twitter account with a handle MLB pitcher. The two began, it was an MLB pitcher with a verified handle. Uh, the two had been conversing via text message, and the MLB pitcher requested game-used jerseys for a terminally ill cousin. who was dying. Wish was supposedly received. The athlete's jersey. The player mailed two game-worn jerseys to the address. Uh, shortly thereafter, the agents, a- uh, the athlete's agent, found the game-worn jerseys for sale online and contacted law enforcement officials. They went out and took a look at the residence, and the police reported the various. Um, Pieces of memorabilia, including NFL jerseys, cleats, gloves, bats, hats, pictures, pictures, and major league baseball jerseys, baseballs, cards, were wrestling, entertainment, championship belts, and other items signed by professional athletes were seized during the warrant, execution of the warrant. Michael Daly, 24. That's a 24-year-old man. (laughs)
1: Life's
0: been tough, Mike. Uh, was charged with second-degree felony count of theft by deception, a third-degree felony count of unlawful use of a computer, and a first-degree misdemeanor uh, count of identity theft. Um, he was booked uh, and set on $25,000 uh, bail. So an update. I found an update on you uh, on a Yahoo Sports, and I think it uh, goes back to TMZ. Tim Lincecum is the man of mystery. Former Giants pitch is a bit of a recluse, and social media is the last place you'll find him. If only Baltimore Ravens tight end Hayden Hurst knew that, former Pirates minor leaguer. TMZ Sports reported Monday that a man posing to be Linsicum scammed Hurst out of autographed gear. According to TMZ's reports, Hurst told Monroe County uh, PA cops in May of 19, he was contacted by a Twitter account he believed was owned by the former Giant star. Hurst said the account had a blue check mark and the fake Lincecum asked for Simon memorabilia for charity donation. And he did, and that's who it was. It ended up being this bald, balding 24-year-old Michael Daly, who looks like he's probably 35 or 40 in the photo. Uh, not judging 30. somebody by their looks, but he does look like somebody that would scam you. Certainly. So poor Timmy Glenn, uh, Timmy Timmy, got uh, caught up
1: S- unwillingly. literally ish um, from your favorite uncle. Uh, Uncle Rich. No, by, the
0: way, by the way, real quick, changed his Twitter dark darkened nickname to Uncle Rich. Uh, after been calling that, good, but <laughs> calling that for a few years.
1: No, no. Um, the, w- one of the owners of the uh, ownership group that owns Beckett got busted by a wire. Talking to uh, a political uh, who knows, essentially saying, hey, if you uh, do what I want you to do, here's some money on the side. Oh, I
0: know that happened. Did he go to jail yet?
1: Um, there was an update. Um, according to March fifth, twenty twenty, Global Growth Chairman George Vandeman stated that Mike Cosby lied to the FBI and demanded illegal donations from Greg Lindbergh. Vandeman stated, "We respect the jury's decision. We absolutely absolutely believe that these verdicts are contrary to the evidence the jury only saw a portion of the case was about." Interesting.
0: Well, we're going to get into this because we're going to talk a little bit more about lawsuits and to follow trademarks. So, Tops, we talked about this on the hobby hotline this weekend, but real quick, I wanted to touch on, on our show. Tops filed for the trademark protection of the phrase one of one for trading cards. Paul Lesko basically said there is really no way that this could happen. He did research on eBay and found 150,000 cards with the description one of one. Plus, even if they got through the trademark office, he believes that one of the other companies would come back and say, hey, they can't do this, this is a function, uh, it's functional, and we cannot. you cannot trademark a, something that's functional. He said, my favorite tweet of this whole spiel he went on was, unless, this filing is to solely prevent eBay sellers from calling every freaking card in the world of one of one. Look, it's number 23 of 5,000. That's a player's number, so a true one of one. If so, I apologize for this, and I apologize, and this filing is a thing of beauty. So I wanted to get Ben's thoughts on uh, on this and, and and see what you thought.
2: Uh, you know, we're all in agreement. I mean, as soon as Paul sent that first tweet out, I was like, "There's no way, right? You can't have a trademark on literally a number, right?" What's to stop Panini from then countersuing, saying, "Well, we'll have one of two. you know, a- you know, every number is a one of one in its own right. If you want to argue you know, 23 out of 299 is a one of one in that sense. You know, they're trying to trademark the word one of one, the the numerical, you know, the the written out word, what are they trying to do? You know, it, it, it's it's ludicrous that they would think about that, but I think we would all start a GoFundMe for their legal fees, if it meant preventing eBay sellers from using one eBay one of one, yeah. because that, then we would also say tops, please attach, fire rare vintage wow and and non-auto you know short print which which gets convoluted because you type in tops opening day short print and then all the red foil parallels from target are going to pop up because those ones are being labeled as short prints and it's like where does it end and how much did they pay to file for this because what a waste
3: of money
0: yeah but so um it's just craziness. I just thought I'd bring it up because Ben and Steph and I talked about this on Saturday, but one of Ben's opinion, upper deck versus leaf uh, we talked about. So I think, I think the reason why tops like went after they did this is because upper deck suing leaf Panini suing upper deck paninis and leaf are going back. All three of those companies are just like beating on each other and tops is sitting over there, here. Like, ah, we're not doing anything. We need some legal stuff out there, but upper deck is suing leaf. Uh, Paul Lesko put out also in the Leaf Upper Deck filings. Leaf objected to four Upper Deck duly disclosed trial witnesses: John Gerba, Donald Fear, Ryan, and Colin Uh Leaf wants them excluded from the trial. Sports Card Radio was all about this. They uh, uh, Colin was uh, did a little Periscope video yesterday. They posted on their website. Uh, Sports Card Radio called to testify. Leaf's trading card objects. Hear ye, hear ye, Honorable Upper Deck Trading Card Company is seeking the expert testimony of sports card radio owners Colin and Ryan Tenards in Upper Deck's prolonged court battle with rival company Leaf Trading Cards. The Tenards twins could be the key to knocking out CEO Brian Gray forever. In a dramatic response, lawyers for Leaf Trading Cards are seeking to block the expert testimony of the sports card podcasting moguls. Only a judge can decide what will happen next. Stay tuned for exclusive updates on Sports Card Radio. Adjourned. I love the post. I love. I love this. I hope they get. I hope they get in there and they can testify. uh, I just. I, that's. I would find out where this was and I would try to go. This.
1: Pay-per-view.
0: The uh, pay per view. It. This would be awesome. Help. Help Brian Gray pay for these legal.
2: I, I I watched it actually part of it whatever would would stream on my way home today and I, I was going to tweet out guys I'm an American signed Colin Tedder because it's like dude <laughs> it, it was a great line from there now I would have been a little cautious if I was him because I know they wrote a piece of it as well um I'd be careful with something like that if you were subpoenaed or you know you're on the list to yeah. be very careful with what you say before the lawsuit, because if you really do want to go and be involved and you don't want the judge to dismiss you as a character witness, you don't want to do anything that Brian could present to you and say, Hey, look at what these guys are out there doing. And this is why I think they should, they're obviously biased, but well,
0: I think they've just been mean to being about Brian and he's a hurts kid in the schoolyard. I'm sure, and and that's really what it what it breaks down to. And he's bullied other people, but when he gets bullied, he backs down and, uh, and pulls the card.
2: What, one teacher, thing, teacher, teacher? One thing I I think most of us would agree with when it comes to Brian. And I I've I I've had interactions with Brian. I don't know him personally. I've never met him personally, but I think as far as Leaf goes, most of us would agree that the majority of what Leaf does, specifically Brian. If we were in charge of Leaf, if we owned Leaf, if we were the CEO of Leaf, we would do the exact opposite of what Brian does in most cases. First off, we wouldn't be running the company out of the back of our our Toyota Corolla. You know, we wouldn't be running it Allegedly. out of <laughs> yeah, Ford Taurus. Okay. We we wouldn't be running it out of our garage. Now, if you want to run a self-sustaining hobby out of your garage and you wanna you wanna, you know buy lots of cards and sell them on sport lots and eBay out of your garage. Cool. But if you want to have a major brand, um, not something you also want to do out of your garage. Um, but sure, Brian might be a nice guy, but we've talked about it before. He needs to stop with his Twitter rants because again, if it's Ben versus Tim versus Steph on Twitter, I get into a lot of debates and discussions, you know, flash, breaking news. Um, I get into a lot of debates on Twitter but I'm just Ben, I'm not a representative and CEO of a major card manufacturer, because if I was, I would handle things considerably different, especially once people know who I was, right?
1: Sure.
2: You know, it's like, now you're representing a company with the face of the company. You know The way I handle myself on Twitter is different than the way I handle myself on LinkedIn, right? Right.
1: Well.
2: You know, it, 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 you got to know your market, and Brian just—and I mean, how many times has he deleted his entire account now? What do oh, we have? To tweets do? or whatever. Yeah, double digits, triple right. digits. So,
0: it's funny to me. Um, PSA is saving trees starting Wednesday, April first. I'm not looking forward to that day, fellas. It's um, well, I might not be on the show that day. What, just, what,
1: what's happening <laughs> on
0: April first?
1: Let's, oh, let's let's see. just say that Bob
0: Barker would be very happy.
1: Snip snip four year anniversary of my shoulder getting uh, surgery. Yeah. Not the
0: same thing, Steph.
1: Well, uh, mean- starting,
0: starting Wednesday, April 1st, 2020 PSA will no longer accept paper carbon copy submission forms for orders involving cards, tickets, packs, dual or dual service authentication and grading requests. Like most PSA collectors are doing already. You'll need, you'll be required to enter your order um, information online and print out a comp- uh Print a complete copy. Completed copy correspondence uh, submission form. The change applies to mail-in subs, uh, submissions as well as in-person shows as well. The decades-old practice of accepting paper submission forms has significantly slowed down operations and added to the company's growing backlog. Said President PSA President Steve Sloan, to help speed the entering process and cut down on unnecessary paper waste, we are now requiring card. You know, uh, beginning next month. So it's just interesting. I mean. They were they finally realized like a 20-year-old, 30-year-old process was probably not the best way and making people actually go online and doing this was a lot more functional. It just scares me that they're like they were still using carbon copies and like CPO type documents uh to to take submissions. Like what year are you in, dude? Uh, it should be all online. There should be zero paper. Uh, with this, except for when you mail it in, maybe you print out the hey confirmation of this is the grading order number, right? And that's it. Um, I don't know.
1: Well, oh, it's nice to see them catch up to Web 2.0. Right <laughs> in time, for 3.0. So, any 5.0.
0: anywho, I just thought it was an interesting point of view, and they're still backlogged like a year. I'm glad to see CRT CRT sports cards hopped in evening. Everybody's a little late, but that's cool. Perfect timing. timing. Hold or sell. So Chris Torres asked last week on Twitter at CRT underscore sports cards. I have a have a completed 2018 tops update gold parallel set, but I'm curious on what you would do with this set. Would you sell it now or would you hold it short term or go long term? I put the set together from cases that I opened and then trading. So I have very little into the set. It's got the art rookie cards of uh, Soto, Acuna, Torres, and Otani's pitching rookie. What would you do? Steph, you have this gold, beautiful update set that you've pieced together for a very low cost to yourself. You don't have much into it. And it's probably really hot right now. The fact that, that Soto base rookies are going for like 140. Uh is going for I don't know like what three hundred graded now something's just stupid. What would you do uh, if you had this gold set sitting around?
1: I stash it and hold on to it for a rainy day. Um, that that that's a very nice set. Top, a couple top rookies. I mean we don't we don't know how the sports world's going to go on. Presumably everything kicks back up and re, uh, resumes as normal, um, whether it's delayed or what. But um, you, you know, you won't have any issues selling that set. So why not at least try to maximize what you're going to get? Um, maybe protect it better outside of a gold box. Penny sleeve them all. Penny sleeve them all or top loader them all. Get them graded, all of them. I we used to we used to know a guy that went to one of our shops here that uh, said that for for a good couple of years there from 2001 until whatever year he collected the base gold parallel number when that was one of the only parallels you could get, um, and uh, he said he still has them, held on to them just because he knows if and when he needs to he can sell it. Yeah.
2: Well, it's like like with anything, right? Whenever somebody's like, "Should I sell this today?" You know, our, our friend Mark Hoyle had, had asked. I think he tagged all of us in the show with a what was it? The 09 Bowman Chrome uh, Trout or Bowman Trout.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, if you don't need the money, there's nothing wrong with holding on to it to see if it can be sold for a higher price. If that's your ultimate motivation, if you're after maximizing, you know, I doubt Chris Torres is hurting for money. I doubt it's going to affect whether or not he can feed himself and his wife next week, next month, next year, whether or not he sells this. So, with that being said, why not hold on to it for a while? It, it's not really going to depreciate in value. It's always going to be a sought after set. If he lists it on eBay right now at a seven day auction, it's going to sell. If he waits a month, six months, a year from now and lists it, it's going to sell. It, it does depend on a lot of different variables in the economy and the hobby as to whether or not it's going to sell for X versus Y versus Z. But he's going to get a healthy price for it no matter when he sells it. Uh, and, 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 again, at the end of the day, being stuck with it's not the worst thing in the world, right?
3: No.
2: So no. hold on to it for a while. If you ever to de- you know, desperate for money, it's definitely nice to have. Man, maybe fact, like Miners World Series tickets. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean I, I, I'm sure he's all right, you know. Yeah, no, it, I mean, you
0: know, it, you know, I've asked you this question before, Ben. Like, you know, hey, like I'm sitting on like, and this was like what six months ago. Hey, I'm sitting on like twenty something Acuna update rookies. Do I sell one or two? Yeah. And your your question back to me is like, well, do you need to sell them? I was like, well, no. He goes, well, why are you doing it then?
2: Yeah. Why? You don't have to.
0: Just-
2: so it, and, and, and you know, you bought those for what a buck or two a piece, right? Two bucks. Okay, so you're you you have forty dollars invested in it whatever you want to call right you know you know you, your investment is your out-of-pocket cost today right you you're you know you're you're spent. Did you say I invested in cards though i did i did
0: Steph, note the timestamp stamp on that and let's cut that ben's
2: talking about investing in cards i was scratching my foot on my on my table um you know, I, I, invested in sushi this afternoon, which was not a good idea. Was it from ga- a gas station? It wasn't. It was actually from a high end restaurant that my employers bought for, for the entire company. Um, but yeah, sushi's gross. I invested in it. And so anyway, um, but you know, you, you're, you're, spending $40, what to speculate that it might go up to $80, $120 as a lot, um, is that $40 the difference between you making your mortgage payment or not? Are you, you're always going to be able to get your $40 out of it. You know, and the bottom line is if you, if you cut it in half, you'll get a buck a piece for them at the very least, right? So you'll get half your money back at some point. Mm -hmm. So I think when we were having that conversation, you said they were selling for around 20 bucks each. Yeah. So, you know, are you ever going to be able to get 20 bucks? ultimately maybe not maybe that was the high end maybe right now they're selling for considerably higher um you know you, you it's like it's like the stock market right everybody wants so quick to, to say stocks cards go up and down stocks go up and down everything goes up and down gas prices go up and down it's all relative they're not commodities this entire this entire industry is set on a house of cards you don't invest in cards why because cards are not investment mediums Will they appreciate? Yeah. Will they depreciate? Yeah. In light of today's events and the events of over the last couple of weeks with the the S&P index going up and down, guess what's going to happen? A lot of cards are going to tank over the next couple of weeks. If you don't have to sell it, don't sell it, you know, unless you're heavily invested. And that's really what happens is you get certain people out there saying, invest, invest, invest. Okay. If, If you're heavily vested, in this not invested in this vested in this in other words you have a lot of money and personal capital wrapped up you might have to move it at a loss to be able to cash out but for folks like chris like you tim that don't have a lot of money vested in it why move it yeah is it gonna benefit your bottom line are you gonna not be able to feed your two children tomorrow and next week because you didn't move your pile of acunas because you know, wait. Tom's wait a tough.
1: while. Well and that's the interesting part too, because he followed it up uh with how about a twenty nineteen tops one ser- series one complete gold set?
2: My my advice to Chris, I would hold. You know, we just hold your gold. You know, Go ahead and read, read what he, he said. He responded back to it. He
0: said, I have under $100 in the set. I took it down for sale after having a $1,250 offer on it. That is why I posed the question as I felt I would regret moving it now. Very try. I
2: agree. I think you should hold it. I think you should hold the Golden uh, Series 119 set as well. See, and think about this. If you take if you take your wife, Chris, out to dinner tonight, a nice dinner, you know, even if it's something like a Chili's or an Applebee's, a, you know, a larger chain restaurant, you order two meals and, and a couple of drinks, alcoholic beverages, and an appetizer, you're 50 bucks in, right? right. You go to a movie afterward, there's 25 bucks. Buy some popcorn and soda, there's your 100 bucks. You've literally spent $100 on a nice evening and a memory with, with your significant other. Fantastic. Obviously, you could afford to do that or you would not have. So point being, if you're vested in this for $100, and you could literally get a twelve x on it right now, awesome. But you you only need to get, uh, you know, hundred percent of your money back. You just need a hundred dollar bill at some point in order to break even, and you will always be able to get your hundred bucks back out of it.
0: Oh yeah, And worst case scenario, it's never going to get down that low.
1: No. I mean, you get uh, 100 out enough. of it. That's like three fifty yep. a card.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, I just, it was an interesting question. I thought I'd pose it out there. I think a lot of people are saying, you know, agreement here. But I have a question. What's the next wave of cards become popular? And baseball, was always the first Bowman Chrome autos, right? So when you were going after the prospect or you're collecting baseball, that was like the go-to auto of a guy. Well, When people got priced out of those, when the, the average collector couldn't go out and buy a Harper first Bowman Chrome auto or a Trout or whoever it might be. Then they moved to the base version. Well, now people are getting priced out of that. Uh, uh, Colin did a podcast recently where he talked about how, you know, back in, you know, tw- even uh, like 11, 12, 13, 14, you were able to get stars first Bowman Chrome cards for a buck or two. Now unknown guys that aren't even in the top 100, their first Bowman cards are 4 or $5. And so now if you're getting priced out of the base first Bowman cards, people are moving to tops flagship rookies. Well, what happens in baseball? What's the next baseball card? When, when when base collectors, like middle average everyday collectors, are getting priced out of flagship base rookie cards, where are they going to go to? The rookie All-Star Cup card? Or are they going to go to opening day? I mean, where do you go?
1: So s- s- speaking strictly in terms of baseball, because that's what yeah. I'm most... And, that, and that's why I, mostly, I, that I think all three of us to really deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you you know once you have the auto out once you have the update and or base card out of the way, um, tops Chrome's not a bad uh, option.
0: But what I'm saying is is you like you can't afford the tops flagship any rookie. any rookie. Yeah, so yeah, because the flagship rookie is out out and so that way I would include the Chrome rookie. I would include the Bowman Chrome rookie card that would come out. I'm I'm saying that those big those big ones are out of there. Like you can't. Because because that base rookie card is now twenty five or fifty bucks.
1: Okay, so uh, ca- case in point, Alex Gordon's 06. Yeah, that uh, not everybody can afford. Um, you, you go rookie cup and you go the last card with the team. Would be my argument because it, it presumably they stay with your team for a while. You want that last card, and the rookie cup. All the, all the rest are mostly filler.
0: Yeah, I mean, what would you do, Ben?
2: The, the, this hobby's so hard to predict. I honestly, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, who knows what the minds are? It, it just seems like right now everybody's so heavily influenced by whatever somebody says, and the biggest voice in the room wins. So I, I honestly, that
0: I would know, be I'm, me.
2: You know, yeah. But I'm that, not
0: the voice of the collector. I'm the voice of the investor.
2: That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: New Twitter account if you guys want to
0: make it. You have my, per- I, my permission.
2: I, I know. I was I was arguing with the sports card investor that 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 knucklehead the other day, and I was like, "You are don't you mean you're the sports card speculator?" Because that's really what this this hobby has become. Yeah. It's not investing. None of this is investing. It's all speculation. It's like oil. It, it really is. I mean, it's you're, not you're, like stocks. It's like it's like it's like drilling for oil. You're you're looking to buy something that you can do. Everybody knows that knows me. I'm not a big fan of Gary V. But the other day, he's like, invest in this today and flip it next week. I'm like, that's not an investment. That is a flip. That is speculating. I'm going to pay $100 today and speculate that I'm going to flip it for $150 next week.
1: Yeah,
0: like investment would with- speculate. It's better than invest. I,
2: if I invest, I'm going to buy something for $100 today, and I'm going to hope that it appreciates over two three, five years, right? That's why there are, are things in place. If I buy real estate, right? Wh- which is commonly related to uh, capital gains. Um, you, know, you know, if I, if I buy it, you fall under these laws for two year window. Did you live in this home? Did you own it for two years? Because you're not allowed to, to, to make a profit off of it within a 24 month window. And, and you know you're speculating understand something if you buy something for 20 bucks and you sell it immediately for a hundred dollars under capital games collectible laws you got to report the eighty dollars just like if you buy it for 20 and sell it for 10 you can report it as a loss you know it, it, the, nobody's saying to report it on on your taxes necessarily but theoretically you should legally you should and you're speculating that's all you're doing Right, you're you're spinning the roulette wheel. I'm going to drop a twenty dollar bill on this spin of the roulette wheel. Let us see black twenty one come up.
0: Yeah, no, I just and so you know, and I kind of I did a little Periscope video the other day, and it was with all the new basketball releases flying off shelves and prices of hobby and retail exploding. What's the next chase? I mean, 98, 90 there the eighties Fleer has really been priced up quite a bit. Um, and what's the next ba- basketball card to, to chase once you're priced out of you know the current releases or like 80s Fleer which is really popular said and my thing was is i went over the 92 93 draft class with Shaq and Zo all the way through the 98 99 class that had Dirk and Nash and those guys in there i mean you ha- i mean uh, Dirk and Paul Pierce but you had in between Nash and Iverson and uh, Paul Pierce and you had Chris Webber um, Kobe, you had so many guys in those middle draft classes. Uh, you know, uh, Grant Hill and Jason Kidd, Hall of Fame players, and I think that's people are going to reckon go back to that spot in time and collecting and, and look because there were some beautiful inserts and parallels of cards done at that point in time. Um, I think that's where people go back with basketball. We'll see what happens there.
1: Uh, I think do you? Do you
0: good oh, go ahead, Steph.
1: I, I, I think a good one to add to that unopened. You know, I, I know uh many many episodes ago uh Biggs said that you know unopened is, is severely underappreciated but I mean it really is yeah, yeah because okay, I could buy a shack rookie probably two three five ten bucks graded whatever price um but I can sell you a pack that I can guarantee may be able to say hey you might be able to pull it out of this in a better condition.
0: Yeah,
1: it's an interesting point.
0: Uh, do you think this quen- this thirst for basketball will ever be quenched?
1: It might be after today.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the market. We'll I would be. I would be absolutely shocked if the market doesn't see a precipitous decline over the next couple of weeks, at the very least, because. The uncertainty around the future of the NBA. When, when is it coming back? Is it coming back April one? Is the season over, but the playoffs are going to resume? Are they going to just call it? Because at some point, you, you know, first off, the owners are going to get reimbursed. They have insurance, so they're not going to really lose any money. Um, you know, guys like Mark Cuban coming out and saying what he said about you know paying his his hourly employees, I think is phenomenal. Uh, and I hope all, all of them do because it, it's got real world effects, right? There are people that are living paycheck to paycheck, you know, security has nobody to, to protect. To have nobody to, yeah, there's no tickets to take. There's no popcorn and, and, uh, beer. You know, and you know, these are people that are working probably two or three jobs to make ends meet. I would imagine, um, you know, working part-time jobs to augment their, their household income. And, you know, but, the, the bottom line is we don't know what's going to happen at some point. These NBA contracts expire. I don't know when they expire, but I would imagine probably July 1st is when they, they, they end officially and go into the next new year. I, I don't know the exact date. Uh, so if you start to extend the season beyond the contractual obligations of the players, Hey, I'm a free agent and I'm looking at a, a lucrative, uh, market. I'm probably going to leave. Um, and now all of a sudden I'm asked to play for my current team who may or may not resign me, Yeah, but I don't have a contract. I'm not going to get injured. Well, the players association wouldn't let that happen. either. Yeah. So you start so, to run into different complications. Yeah. If this were to linger, you're going to see that become an issue. You know, the, the 2020, 2021 season, you know, starts up in what September with, with training camps, Um, you know, the ripple effect, the longer this lingers. And subsequently, you know, you're going to start seeing different industries affected financially. And the socioeconomics come at play. If I lose my job, guess what happens? I'm not buying cards. And if that happens over the course of a lot of different industries, all of a sudden, these estimated 7 million, you know, collectors might drop down to five, down to four. You start to see, remember, spe- heard. these flippers... Are all, it's all fine and dandy when, when you have plenty of buyers to buy up what you're flipping right yeah. but what happens when you're coming in here and you you buy up a lot of inventory and you start listing it everywhere and the buyers go away the sellers are going to go away too and a lot of people are going to take baths i hope that doesn't happen but we've been talking about this bubble bursting for a long time and a, re- a recession might be around the corner and, you know, good Lord, if this continues to happen, we might be looking not at a recession, but a depression. It's possible. How probable, we don't know, but it's possible.
0: You know, the thing is, is that I think the people will stand through this are the real collectors, the ones that are doing this because of it's a, it's a hobby, it's an enjoyment, it's something, you know, that is a, a go-to. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Let's finish this off today. Uh, 2020 MLB breakout players, if they ever do play the 2020 season, Major League Baseball season, who do we think uh, will be a breakout players Now, because I know none of us can just pick one, uh, I had us all pick a homer pick, <laughs> and then somebody from another team uh, that's out there. So, Steph, who's your homer pick for bre- breakout player in the 2020 season?
1: I mean, was is there really any other choice than uh, – Tori Hunter. My, my little shit.
0: Nobody knows who that is because it's a gallery card.
1: <laughs> they should. It's Nick's card. Who took the photo? Uh, no, Luis nice. Um High on base, high average, doesn't strike out at all.
0: Nice. Who's your other team? Who's your other uh, breakout star this year?
1: So, so when you posed this, I, I kind of wanted to know whether you meant like breakout in that the, going from good to great or going from unknown to good. And, and I, I said either one. I, and you said either one, so I kind of left both of mine because um, when I looked, you hadn't Address that, but uh, Andrew Benintendi, Ben Ben Nintendo, or Dan uh, Dansby Swanson. One was kind of a prospect for a while, kind of fell off most radars. I like what they're doing in Atlanta, and uh, Ben Nintendi has uh, all the room in the world with bets now out of Boston to prove himself.
0: I-, I liked your picks, all three of them around. Not too, not sh- not shabby there. All right, Benjamin, who is your Homer Athletic pick? Dallas yeah, I-
2: Braden. It was, if this was 2009, um, I, I went with Frankie Montas. I, I, obviously, he was like seven and two with a three ERA around the time that he got suspended last year. For what? For performance enhancing, it was just a supplement. Um, but I love that he had full transparency on that. And he's like, dude, had I known, I wouldn't have taken it. Um, I don't think he was trying to cheat, but that's not for me to say. Um, but I think he's going to have a really solid year. Uh, I was going to go with one of the rookies and Luzardo, Puck, Murphy. Uh, I, I don't think Murphy's going to get more than probably 120 games due to his, his recent rash of injuries. Puck and Luzardo are probably going to be on Steven Strasburg-type pitch counts. Um, so I, I, I don't think this would be the year, but I think Montas. Um, a non-homer pick, I went with Eugenio Suarez of the Reds. Uh, I think some of his numbers were inflated last year because of the live ball. So let's assume that there's a market correction for him. But think about this. He's now got – he's got a really good pitching staff, right? You now have Moustakis. You have Castellanos. They've brought in other players that can pick up some of that protection. And have have Joey Joey Votto. Is a if, bat. if Votto bounces back. He's had a decline over the last two years. So either we saw a rapid decline with him or – but again, he's had a shoulder a lot in Cincinnati for years – Yep. So now that lineup is a lot deeper one through eight, and I think Suarez, even if we see a decline in his overall numbers, I think it's going to be relative to his you know his production will be relative to his comps. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, my homer pick was Alberto Mondesi, aka Raul Mondesi Jr. Um, he's uh, his average has gone up the last couple of years. He's a base stealer, and he you know he's he plays some good defense. With all of the youngsters playing shortstop, this is kind of like the superstar position like, of uh, in baseball. A lot of people said that he has Fernando uh, Lindor-type type skills. I just don't think they've all come together. Um, he debuted, and it took him a couple years to fully stick in the in Major League Baseball, but I think this year uh, he set for some big things. My other pick was Austin Riley, who was came up last year with the Braves gangbuster, just smashing home runs. They actually kind of figured him out a little bit. Um, he's going to probably get a lot more opportunity to play as he was playing in the outfield. Uh, I think he's a natural third baseman. Uh, and with, uh, you know, uh, Josh Johnson moving on to uh, to the twins, uh, he's going to have an opportunity to play some third, some outfield and possibly even some first for Freeman, maybe even DH. So with his bat in the lineup with the other guys they have there and the kids coming up, uh, I think he's primed for a really nice year. And uh, I think a lot of people are are, are sitting on him because he didn't finish like he started, sure. so it might it's uh, it's one of those things to watch for. So um, that's our show tonight, guys. We had a great interview. It was great to have Jackson on, talking basketball. There's a, a lot of unknown and breaking news happened like an hour before we went live. So I don't know what like what's next week going to look like. We're on the show. What the hell are we going to? I and mean, we're going to talk sports cards, obviously. But how how is it be, how are these real world implications going to follow up? We don't know. We'll talk about it next week. But guys, any final thoughts before we head out tonight?
1: Not that I can think of. Ben, feed your fish. what's up? I said, Ben, feed your fish.
2: What? He's all right. I haven't changed the water in a month, dude. He's still alive and kicking. Oh. Jeez. All right. remember, we're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific on
0: YouTube uh, and Periscope. Make sure to subscribe and review our show on all platforms. We appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter about the cards. Follow Ben at our, at our trading cards. Follow Steph at Junk Wax Twins. Follow me, Big Shep. At Big Ship 79 please share your hobby stories, great polls, and send your questions our way. Keep collecting, and we'll see you all next week.
1: See you guys then.